0: My role as a yoga therapist is to guide someone back into their own empowerment of healing that we all have the ability within ourselves, and we just need to be reminded sometimes.
1: When cancer enters your life, things get real very quickly. People undergoing cancer treatments often seek healing and support beyond the confines of oncology and traditional medical practice. Many seek to participate in their own therapeutic journey via a variety of other healing modalities. Today I'm speaking with Sharon Hawley, yoga therapist, who in 2010 began a journey toward finding a new professional path as she was undergoing treatment for breast cancer. Sharon talks about her work as a yoga therapist, working in an individualized way with people undergoing treatment for and living with cancer. Sharon explains the yoga therapy philosophy as an integrative process of looking at the person as a whole, helping clients develop agency to become part of the healing process, and discovering what will help that won't harm. I'm Diane McDaniel, and this is Real Cancer. Thank you, Sharon, for coming in to talk with me today.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: I wanted uh, to begin with just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming a yoga therapist. And at the same time, if you could just talk about what a yoga therapist does. Okay. Okay. So in
0: 2008, I began teaching children's yoga, which I found uh, really enjoyable. Um, I had been visiting my sister and her kids frequently, and they were doing music and gymnastics and all these fun activities. And I thought that would be so much fun if I could do that. But I didn't have any of those skills. And I ended up realizing that I love soccer. So I became a preschool soccer teacher teacher for for a period of time and it got very exhausting i was already in my late 30s and i thought i feel like i really was enjoying yoga i found yoga at that time for myself and found it really healing and helpful so i decided to take a children's yoga training and from that became a children's yoga teacher and that was fine i never had any intention or desire to be an adult yoga teacher. Uh, and then along my journey, I would have parents coming up to me saying, Oh my gosh, this hurts or that hurts. What should I do? And I had no idea because I hadn't actually done an adult training. Well, maybe I should do that for myself, for my own practice to go deeper and to be able to potentially help some other people. So I did what, what's a basic training to be a yoga teacher is 200 hours. And I did that training and it was about 10 months every weekend for about 10 or 11 months. And on the last month, I was taking a bath and I discovered a lump. And I thought, well, oh, that's interesting. I don't remember, you know, feeling that before. So fast forward discovered that it was uh, breast cancer. And from that, uh, looking into for myself what else might be out there, I googled breast cancer and yoga and didn't find much out there except uh, a local studio here. Santa Monica Yoga has a class for people going through cancer. I found the Benjamin Center, uh, the cancer support community, and I found a retreat Mm
1: -hmm. for women
0: going through cancer. And what year are we at here? So this is 2000, where am I? 2011. Of course I know 2011. Uh, On that retreat, the woman who was leading it was a, about a ten-year breast cancer survivor at that time and while I was there I was kind of freaking out that here I am you know with breast cancer I'm on this retreat with all these other women and a little spark went in me and said maybe I'm supposed to teach people with breast cancer so I considered that I asked the teacher who was at the time if she was if she does trainings and she said she did and I I knew that that sounded, Great, but I also felt like I needed more of a credential. And having completed 200 hours of teacher training, I knew I knew very small amount of what was necessary to be able to really help people. And I knew about this yoga therapy program mm-hmm. at Loyola Marymount University, which I'd heard about from my teacher when I did the 200 hour training. So I, it was kind of off on my radar. Maybe down the road, maybe I'll do that someday. And all of a sudden, it became really important to do as soon as I could. At this point, I discovered the lump. Uh, It was a stage one. I had a lumpectomy. I was told I needed radiation, that chemo was not going to be something that was going to help me, but that tamoxifen would be helpful. So I had my surgery in April, and this retreat that I discovered was in May. And so it was perfect, because it was right before I was about to start my radiation. And so on this retreat, I again, I had this discovery. I felt like I became empowered. I finished my, my radiation over the summer. And then the Loyola Marymount university program began that fall in October. And so I enrolled and here I was going full on in and it just, it became the purpose, the reason that Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed of why I got cancer. And I really, um, I didn't know where it was going to take me. I didn't. I didn't ever think about that. Like I said, I was a children's yoga teacher. That was fun. I uh, never intended to use it to teach adults, but I knew that I needed to explore more if I was going to work with this population. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I, you know, I was still healing. I mean, I was again just finishing up my radiation, still kind of in the shock of it. That February, so in 2012, I took uh, this Y4C cancer teacher training with Tari Prinster. She was the teacher who was on this retreat.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, at that time I had been talking to my physical therapy office. I did physical therapy for, for myself and the owner said, you know, we've always wanted to have yoga here, but we haven't had the space. Would you be interested in coming and doing that here? I said, absolutely. So she said, well, keep in touch. And so I began doing a small class for maybe a couple of people, Um, in the afternoon um, once or twice a week. And then it started working. I started working with individuals privately Mm -hmm. um, at the physical therapy office. And it just kind of, it's been growing from there. In the yoga therapist, uh, yoga therapist different from a yoga teacher in that yoga therapist tends to do more one-on-one work. Mm. And a yoga teacher is more teaching classes. And now what I discovered on, in my 200-hour training was that yoga really began as a one-on-one modality in India. Hmm. When it got brought here, it became yoga for the masses. Mm-hmm. But really, in its roots, it is about who's the person in front of me and what are their needs. And so true yoga therapy is one-on-one. I teach therapeutic yoga classes mm-hmm. where I prefer to have small number of people where I know each person's individual needs right. and be able to help them, you know, with whatever it is that they need right. as best I can.
1: And so how is a class that's, uh, that you think of as a yoga therapy class different from, uh, just a regular yoga class?
0: Well, in many cases, I have worked with the individual privately
1: mm-hmm.
0: prior, so I really know all the intricacies of what their needs are. There are times when I might have one person in the room doing a particular pose or exercise, and I might have somebody else doing something else. And mm-hmm. so that to me is is how I gear my classes. I'm always... You know, asking people to come back and explore what they need and what feels good for them and to not push and to really listen and pay attention to their bodies. That's kind of an overall theme that I have in all of my classes. The Y for C training, the yoga for cancer, what I really love about that is it doesn't try to hide that we're all here and we all have cancer. It actually comes out right in front. There are themes that we use. the beginning of a class that get weaved through. For an example, cancer begins with the letter C. So does community, so does caring, compassion. You know, and we think about these things. And you hear the word cancer and it's I think initially it's thinking, oh I don't want to bring that up. Well you know what? Everyone's already thinking about it anyway, and that's why we're all here. Right. And there's almost like a relief, and this person gets me. And that's what I got from the woman when I went on this retreat. I'm like, she gets it. She knows. She's been on this journey mm-hmm. in whatever way, maybe different for her, but underneath we have this shared experience that we can all help support each other in. There are also teaching points in the Yoga for Cancer classes about how this pose will benefit perhaps lymphatic flow mm-hmm. this pose will help for bone growth if you're dealing with you know side effects and so so there's all different kinds of aspects and again that's with the yoga therapy as well so people really understand the healing benefits of what they're doing
1: right why do most people who are seeking yoga as part of their treatment or relief from treatment during cancer or after cancer, what are they coming to you for? What's their goal for the most part?
0: I believe they're looking for an overall way of improving their quality of life, especially if they're in the process of going through treatment, which can be really uncomfortable or in the middle of surgeries. Um, They want to heal. They want to get better. And I think more and more I know this is true for myself, looking for other ways that aren't just putting medicine into the body. You know, Western medicine has its benefits and never denying that, but finding more of an integrative process, uh, a way of being not just in this moment of dealing with cancer, but also to keep healthy and to continue that and to change lifestyle. A lot of times it's a wake up call, you know, mm-hmm. what am I doing in my life that needs to be done differently now. And I think that that just really pulls people towards yoga and mindfulness and meditation in self exploration. And and ultimately, like I believe I said, leads to self empowerment, I can take part in my own healing, I don't have to go to a doctor, take mm-hmm. a pill, and you're making me better,
1: I'm making me better, I'm mm-hmm. part of this, to give people some agency in their treatment. I would like to just get a sense of how you work with your clients when you're working on them one-on-one. What, is it, what does it look like? What are you doing with them?
0: So we always begin with an assessment. I have a, a form they fill out, and I really want to know what are their goals. What, what helps them feel better? What maybe, you know, how can I support them? What doesn't work for them? You know, people. I think people coming to yoga... Depends. Lately, it's become a lot more in mainstream. You know, doctors are telling people to go to yoga. That was not true six years ago when Mm -hmm. I had my experience. Now, they've tried a lot of other things. And so... It's what what's gonna work for me. So I, I like to know that. I like to know what they've tried and what's helpful. Because sometimes we can incorporate that in. Mm-hmm. So it's really getting doing this assessment, doing a physical assessment, emotional, mental, finding out, you know, looking at the person as a whole. That's really what yoga therapy is. Mm-hmm. And not just, oh, your arm hurts from this, you know. Well, let's look at how you're walking, how you're carrying yourself, what is stress like for you on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do to relieve stress, what, how can I support you? How much time do you have in your day? Do mm-hmm. you really only have five minutes? Let's find out what we can do in five minutes for you to make people be, feel successful in their healing, not to overwhelm, because mm-hmm. of course that can happen as well. So much going on and so many different things trying to do. I think a lot of people want you know the thing, mm-hmm. and what I find is to help support them, it might be a variety, and it might be different on each day. When mm-hmm. I come to them, especially mm-hmm. if they're in treatment, um, or things have gone on in their lives. Look, I've, I've worked with people who not only are they taking care of themselves, they might be taking care of a family member at the same time going through cancer or some something else. Right. And so, so we come up with that program. We work together and if they're wanting a home program, then I'll create whatever, again, that looks like for them. It could be five minutes. It could be 15. And then they're off on their own to practice. And then we come back again and usually I meet with someone once a week. Mm-hmm. Now that can be for a period of time. I usually I like to do that for a few times in the beginning. And then they can go off on their own and we can check in monthly or twice a month. Or some people just like to work weekly. I have one woman who says, Unless you're coming knocking on my door, I'm not doing anything. So come on over and we're doing two, three times a week, you know? So it's really up to the individual. And that's the bottom line. It's individualized and what this person needs.
1: Right. Yeah. And so do you mostly see people who are in treatment or people after treatment?
0: You know, it's a variety because since I've been doing this since 2012, I would say is when I started working with people, with individuals that I have people I'm still working with today. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, I'm getting referrals almost weekly now of new people. And so it's, it's a variety. And, you know, it's great to have the experience and continuing to work with people because then I can share with someone oh well when I was first working with this person she could we can do any balancing and now she's doing it for like two minutes you know mm-hmm. or um there's a certain movement that we do um for people with breast cancer um it's a rotation of the shoulder and there's usually a lot of tightness in the pec muscles and you know across the chest and I work with people often enough to say, you know, they get really frustrated or it's upsetting. Wow, I can't even do this. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I know. You know what? I know someone who had a very similar surgery and that's where she started, but now we're working together and she can do this. So I think there's that hope. And I feel like I can share that without, without sharing who the person is, just that, yeah, I work with a variety of people. Yeah. And, uh, and that happens in community as well.
1: Right. We touched on this a little bit, but maybe you could go into a little more detail. Uh, why do you find that people living with cancer need additional healing modalities, and what do you find to be most helpful and useful to them?
0: I guess I go back to myself in that you know my first search was what else is out there? You know, what can I do for? I mean, yoga was something that I found healing, so I did the search for Google and breast cancer. But there's always looking to find what what might help that isn't going to harm. Mm-hmm. Right? You watch these ads on TV and you hear this drug does this and then you list all the things, right? So for me, looking at environmental issues because that's that's a big part of I think a lot of people's concern these days. I know I feel like I speak for myself, but I do hear this from clients as well. What could the environment how much of an effect is that having on me? Right. so always looking for uh, cleaner products and and things that don't involve uh, harsh, you know harshness, whatever that might be, managing stress alone these mm-hmm. days with all that we have in the world can be challenging. and And the reason why I think there there are so many different modalities, different ones speak to different people. I've tried several myself that just haven't they haven't taken. I'm always encouraging, I think this is something, encouraging people to try different things because there are so many, a variety of modalities out there and each person is different. And Mm -hmm. that is, again, back to yoga therapy. Each person is different. There is no one size fits all. I've taken languaging out of my uh, teaching in that you should feel it here Mm -hmm. because I don't know that you should feel it here, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, just because I've found yoga to be helpful doesn't mean this person might find yoga to be helpful. Breathing is really important, really helpful. Some people that causes anxiety. Mm. So focusing on the breath or meditation on the breath might not be helpful. Giving them a guided visualization, that might be better for them. So I think that's why there are, I think that is the importance of of finding the modalities that work for you. I think there's just always a human nature to be searching for searching what's
1: I know when I was going through my treatment, I had a very close friend who was going through treatment at the same time, and she kept really urging me to go and see her um, acupuncturist. And I did go visit an acupuncturist, and I did try some Chinese herbs, but they did not speak to me. (laughs) None of it spoke to me. But yoga really spoke to me. So a lot of people do a lot of modification of their diet. I, that didn't really speak to me either, but I know that a lot of people feel like that is something that really helps them to feel that agency, I think, in terms of their health. So I I really agree with you that different different modalities speak to different people, and it's good to just try different things out so that you can see what works for you, Absolutely. to make you feel better.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think the question comes up often, what did I do? Or how can I fix it? Or what can I do better? Right. So there's that, I think that's where the yoga comes in to help with that. We're perfect as we are. We didn't do anything wrong. This is where we, you know, the acceptance of this is where I am today and moving forward. Mm -hmm. But within that, there's still that, that searching, you know, maybe there is something that I can do, you know, that, that might be a little more beneficial. And I think for me, nutrition was something that spoke to me. Acupuncture, I was already doing. Um, but Sound healing is something that's interesting. Tapping, mm-hmm. I've tried. Eh, not so much, you know, but I know people who love tapping. And the idea of, of doing these uh, different modalities for me, what I found is now I also have a network of mm-hmm. people. So when somebody comes up to me and they say, oh, I'm looking for this. Oh, you know what? I know someone too, you know, or I can at least refer people out. And I think it's helpful to have that. There are also so many organizations out there One for me was the cancer support community. And I went specifically to the Benjamin Center, but they're all over this area. They're all over the the country. I think in the world, they offer a variety of free classes so people can come try out different modalities and see what they're seeking without necessarily having to go and spend a lot of money. Because obviously that's part of it too, Mm. that the cancer treatment can be really expensive. And what can I do on my own? What can I do in my day-to-day life? And maybe go get some support, which is why I offer my services in a variety of ways that can help people mm. so that it doesn't become an, another financial burden, because that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to how to help.
1: Right, right. Yeah, something that uh, doesn't add stress, but mm-hmm. uh, can help to relieve stress. Exactly. Exactly. What have you learned from working with people living with cancer? Do you have a maybe a standout moment that you can tell us about?
0: I find that the people that seek out my services or seek out yoga, yoga therapy, are really about changing their their lifestyle and improving their quality of life. I have one client who taking vacations has become super important. Taking time off, taking breaks from work, being with family. I had one client, the, the standout for me was... One of the tools that we can use in yoga therapy is called a bhavana, which is like a visualization. uh, You know, what do you see kind of in your, you know, cultivating, producing in your future? And this was someone who at the time I was working with her was in a lot of her treatment, a lot of discomfort and wasn't knowing what her future was going to be. And it was hard to look at that. And, you know, how do you do that? So I said, let's look. You know, a year from now, um, I haven't seen you. What would that look like? You know, write, write a little story, gave her homework. And she was a teacher. And so she loved homework. So she did it. <laughs> and she wrote this wonderful story. Just the highlights of it were that she took a nice long walk with her dog around the neighborhood. She wasn't able to walk at this time. I saw her. She was very weak. She wasn't in a wheelchair, I think, but she just was very weak. And so mm-hmm. she was able to take a nice long walk. She went to Hawaii in her, in, her, in her Bhavana. She saw Pearl Jam, which was her favorite band in her Bhavana. And so she put all these things down, and, and I read them to her, and she smiled about them. And, you know, we put it aside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I guess about six months later. So at that point, she was doing different treatments. The treatments were working. She was feeling better. She was feeling stronger. And I started looking at the things she was doing. And I remembered this story and I'm like, wow, she's doing these things. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Hmm. I pulled out her bhavana and I read it back to her. And she, at that time, had just come back from a trip to Hawaii with her son. It was his birthday and they went to Hawaii She had been on a trip to, I forget exactly where, maybe Tennessee, Nashville, to see Pearl Jam. She met friends there. She went to a Pearl Jam concert. She was texting me from the concert because she had had some sciatica, and she was feeling better, and she could stand for the whole concert. She was so excited. She sent me a text from the concert. That's good. And she was walking around the block. And she might not be doing as long as she said in there, but we realized that, you know, even though we had set it up for a year Mm -hmm. for her, maybe it needed to be a shorter time because her time was shorter. Right. And in that six months, she created it. And it was just so amazing. The part of that that was even, uh, I won't say it was more beautiful, but it was just as was she passed away last summer. And I remembered that. And I was able to give that to her family. Mm. And they really appreciated it and really held that deep, you know, close to their heart. And it was just one of those moments. I, this woman made such an impact in my life. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, that's, it's so much of this is the, we call it service in, uh, in how much I get back Mm -hmm. in, in my giving, you know, in my working with people, it's, it's a give and take it's relationship building. It's, there's nothing like it. And this woman meant so much to me. I look forward to seeing her every week. And she always said, I made her feel better. And I said, You made you feel better. Mm. You know, I just feel like my role as a yoga therapist is to guide someone back into their own empowerment of healing that we all have the ability within ourselves. And we just need to be reminded sometimes, you know, the vehicle for that often is, is working through the nervous system and Mm -hmm. calming the nervous system down. That was Mm. something I hadn't said earlier, but that's where the breath work and the mindfulness and coming back. So because this particular client was doing a lot of doctor's visits and they made her really anxious and she had really high heart rate and blood pressure. And we did some work where we would do this. It's called alternate nostril breathing. Mm -hmm. And we would do that and we would take her blood pressure and check her heart rate. And we could see that it would come down within like a minute or two of doing this work. And she was bringing that with her into her doctor's appointments and would share that with me. So she really benefited. I would say she is my star student. She'll always be my star student. And just really grabbed hold of the tools that she was given and, and used them. You know, sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Sometimes it takes a little practice. But she was really gung-ho and, and really enriched my life.
1: Yeah. I love so many parts of that story. You were definitely her star too, mm. <laughs> for sure. Mm. And just the idea of when you're in the in the pain and, and confusion and depression about what is going to happen to me, to be able to articulate some some goals that are very simple and some that are more complex, to kind of get a clarity of mind around that, that just gave her something. You know, not like she was thinking about it every day, right? But it just gave her a little direction that uh, helped to calm down her her nervous system and And it's amazing that she was able to fulfill those those goals and oh, you yeah. helped her articulate them.
0: That was amazing. You know, and we we worked together from a period of where she couldn't really do much to a point where we're doing standing poses, warrior poses, and then back down again, you know, as she, continued on as her cancer Mm -hmm. grew and to the point that towards the end I was going to her home and doing visualizations and foot massages you know Mm -hmm. and she would she would get up and she would just say you know she just felt better being able to provide that for someone was just really really special yeah I'm just grateful for her I actually heard Pearl Jam on the way over here this morning Mm -hmm. alive which was interesting that was the Mm. that was the message and I feel like I have this thing My brother passed away years ago, and and I always feel like he speaks to me in music, and now I feel like she does as well.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's right. That's nice. You talked about the family in this situation, that you were able to circle back with them and and give them these goals that, that she had articulated through your work together. What have you learned about how your work affects family members of the person living with cancer, I know that you're not necessarily working with them directly, but you go into people's homes, and I'm sure sometimes you have interactions with family members or you hear about family members as well. What do you find that family members need?
0: I think it's the, the extra support. They know that there's someone else out there that's working with them to help support their loved one. I, sometimes I do see, like you said, sometimes I do see the family members. Sometimes, you know, where I'm in, I'm in contact with them, especially when someone's going through surgeries and, and such because I want to, you know, keep in touch and hear how they're doing. And so I'll hear that from them. And just knowing that there's another person out there, sometimes they'll come in and join. I've had that. Sometimes mm-hmm. family members will come in and join for some sessions, which I think can be really helpful. And just the... I guess the extra love, you know, that comes into this space and, and again, that the support that goes beyond me being with them. Mm. So, you know, I might have some things that I've given them in between and we'll share that with the family members so they can then be supportive in that and help them in between our sessions as well. And whatever that might be, you know, if it's, if it's, um, walking, if it's moving, Knowing that they're being provided some relief in their day, and some of that I didn't even—I don't even think I realized with this particular woman I was talking about until after uh, I, I'd seen her family bits and pieces, you know, coming and going. She usually would schedule our time, you know, when they weren't yeah. there, and so. But at um, I went to her funeral, and and her daughter just spoke so much about how much it helped them to know that their mom was being helped, you know, mm-hmm. and that she was getting. That relief and that support, and I didn't even realize that. So, so that was interesting mm-hmm. for me to yeah to become aware of.
1: Yeah, because the whole family is really dealing with the experience, and and friends as well. We tend to focus on the person who has the cancer, but uh, everybody who's um, you know a loved one is is participating in one way or another as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I'm even thinking about that now from just my own perspective. My dad's been going through a a variety of cancer. And and being in the hospital, I know when I'm there and I see a nurse who's like really attentive and taking care of him, oh, i just so happy. It makes me so happy to know that he's being taken care of. So I guess that's how it's looked at, right? Yeah, you want your loved ones to be taken care of. and, And I think sometimes when it is our direct loved one, there's a a sense of helplessness and not necessarily being able to do that. So knowing that there is someone in their life that can, whoever that might be, can give them that support. Yeah, that's lovely.
1: You've talked about how much you get from the work that you do, but I wanted just to have you talk specifically about what keeps you motivated to do this work and how has your work evolved over the years you've been engaged in it?
0: I love this question because it, it brings me back to the first time that I had an opportunity to work in a group was that retreat that I had mentioned that mm-hmm. I had gone on. I went back the following year after I had done the training, but with the plan to participate in it because I felt like I was in such shock the first time. I didn't feel like I really you know experienced the whole thing. And I went back, and when I got there, I took the first class. You do a class on Friday night. It's pretty much yoga all weekend. And after that first class, the teacher came up to me and said, I need to talk to you. She said, so, my assistant wasn't able to make it. Would you assist? Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't think I was ready, but I guess she thought I was ready. And so it was like 30 women and her and me, and that was it. And But there was this moment, and I'll never forget it, where – we were in doing a restorative class, and we had everybody in their poses covered with their blankets, um, in you know, supported by bolsters and props and whatever they needed. And then it was resting time, shavasana. And I just looked at the room and I just saw all these women in this place of peace and calm. and yeah, I just I could feel it now. It was just like, whoa, this is this is what's possible. This is what I can help support. Mm. and be a part of and and I think because I had you know my own experience with it um, and I still do and I still you know make sure to find my classes and take care of myself um, because I know what it feels like when I come out of Shavasana like everything's renewed and I can actually see that on so many of my clients faces and their bodies. And it's like almost if I could take a picture before and after. Mm. And when I see that, and it doesn't even have to be sometimes words, you know, even teaching a class, and I don't always know. But there are times when I can see it. And it's, it's just so fulfilling to be a part of facilitating that experience. Mm -hmm. Because again, I think it's, Empowering them—I use that word a lot, don't I? But you know, empowering them to find that within themselves, to allow their nervous systems to calm down, to be able to reset. I always say that it's like pushing the reset button mm. and then starting anew. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just like this shoo, that comes over them, and I can see it. And um, that's that's for me what it is. Uh, I feel like I've really gotten a lot more confident in my work. And, you know, maybe in the beginning was more like, oh, how can I help them? And I'm, you know, I'm still going through this or that myself. But I think that's part of the process Hmm. that I have had that experience that I am out here in the world. And I am hearing uh, the same thing other people are hearing in the world and what's going on and, and to come back and use my tools and then help them with their tools. It, It makes me need to be stronger in my own practice Mm -hmm. because i feel like i am one of those people i need to practice what i preach and i need to show up i know that for me when i'm in a class with a, a mentor or a teacher and they're creating that space you can feel that energy you can feel that sense of calm and peace and I know that in order for me to be able to provide that, I need to really have that for myself. And I want to. That's my ultimate goal is my own peace. Right. And each time I come to a class, I'm stopping. I'm slowing down. I'm breathing with them. So
1: you, know? you really have to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of others. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so, I, and I, I think that my, you know, I just, I'm open to what what's next for me, you know, in, in terms of where I'm growing, where I'm going. I just i see who comes to me it's interesting to notice too that in classes that i didn't necessarily even think were going to be classes for people with cancer i have a woman who invites people to her home every week and i'm realizing that three quarters of that class is people that end up having cancer at some point or another and Mm. it just it just happens that way i guess there is so much more of it out there as well unfortunately right now but that people are finding finding these ways to help support themselves is just beautiful
1: it's not as shameful to have cancer anymore. People aren't hiding it the way that they used to. When yeah. people really thought that uh, cancer was sort of a retribution for something you did, or right, um, right, you know, there was so people were very, you know, hiding it. Now people are more open. I understand that you're involved in an organization that supports yoga therapy and yoga therapists. Could you tell us a little bit about the goals of the group and your involvement in it? Sure. The
0: International Association of Yoga Therapy, they've been around uh, for many years. They support research and education in yoga, and they serve as a professional organization for yoga teachers and yoga therapists worldwide with a mission to establish yoga as a recognized and respected therapy. And so they've come in similar to the organization that has credentialed people as a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. which is Yoga Alliance. And Yoga Alliance is really just focusing on yoga teachers. And so IAYT is, is the short word for them they are credentialing yoga therapists and Mm -hmm. they just started that last year Mm. and I do have I have a teacher who is a physical therapist in addition to being a yoga therapist and she has talked about watching the journey of how physical therapy started as a certificate Mm -hmm. which is what yoga therapy is yeah then it became a license then it became a, a bachelor's and then a master's and now It's a doctorate for physical therapy. So she sees the potential for that to be, you know, to be on that same path. A professionalizing uh, organization. Exactly. And I, I find that what they have required, what they require, what they asked of us to, in order to get this credential, which I did, is quite a lot and a significant amount of education and proof that you really understand this this body of work that you're not just going out there. Cause I think that you hear often, Oh, someone got hurt in a yoga class or someone, this or is claiming this and that, you know, sure. and, and I don't claim to know everything. You know, that's the other thing is, is also making sure that we are staying within our scope of practice. Mm. You know, I don't try to diagnose. I should, that's important as a yoga therapist. I do not diagnose anyone. They bring me what they have been told and then we work within that frame. Sure. And so I'm always, you know, I, I know what I know and I'm always, you know, referring out where need, you know, we're needed. I think that having this establishment, and I'm seeing even in the physical therapy office where I worked, there are changes. People are really recognizing this as a professional. It's becoming more respected in the world of healing. And the benefits are, are being documented because there's a lot more research now too on sure. how much you know this is this helps people not just with cancer but with lots of injuries, ailments and all that.
1: Yeah, well you're definitely continuing on your journey. Yeah. yeah. What would you recommend to somebody who's listening to this podcast who is interested in exploring additional healing modalities? I think you talked earlier about kind of a cancer center, but, um, you know, for somebody who doesn't uh, find a yoga therapist in their, in their network, uh, what would you suggest? Yeah,
0: well, you know, in this world with Google that we have and, you know, going on the internet, just exploring cancer and, you know, and, and integrative modalities, alternative modalities. and it's it's amazing what will come up. The cancer support community, like I said, I know, is around the world. and so that's just a great resource because their their mission is to provide services, people free of charge. So you get to explore and try these these out without, you know, again having to, commit to something if you're not sure there is so much out there now there's so many organizations that support there's um an organization that i was the one i work with for the retreats is the foundation for living beauty going to the hospitals cancer centers universities in your area is what i always say Hmm. and and look up because there's there's a lot more out there than than there used to be right getting them to help you in your search exactly and and y4c.com which is the training that i had done she's in her website you can find local yoga therapists i actually just got an email from someone today um in your area so again she's starting to train people she was just in japan last week so she's training all over the world. So there will be people who can support. And, and, and it doesn't always have to be, like I said, one-on-one. Yep. It can be, I've worked with people, we get together in a park, we get together at someone's home. You know, not everybody can afford the one-on-one service. So finding ways where it can be shared. And again, creating that community, because I think there's so much healing in community Yes. as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Sharon, for coming on and talking to us about this. It's so really, really helpful. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode. We'd love to hear from you and find out why you listened and what you like about the Real Cancer Podcast. Please email your feedback to realcancerpodcast at gmail.com and leave a review on iTunes. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Real Cancer on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Real Cancer on Twitter at real cancer pod. Until next time, I'm Diane McDaniel.